Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And, uh, you know, we're in a new Renaissance location. We're on in the South Main Branch, just south of downtown. Uh, one of about 200 offices around the South, ready to serve you with um, the best bank in, well, voted best bank in Georgia, actually. Um, now, that's not me. That's actually Time Magazine that did that. And I think they, that uh, folks voted Renaissance number one for a simple reason. They're probably big enough to be able to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but small enough to do it in a personal way. That's what I found out. And if that's the kind of bank you're looking for, I'd encourage you, go go to renaissancebank.com and find that local office. Come see me in Alpharetta. You'll like the folks here or wherever you're located. Uh, check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Michelle Wilson. Michelle is with Wilson Legal. Michelle, welcome. Thank you, John. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. You're obviously doing something legal. Let's get into that. <laughs> uh, introduce yourself and your work to folks. How are, you, how are you serving them out there? Well, John, it's a great day when I get to get up every day and make people's wishes come true. Uh-huh. At Wilson Legal, we do estate planning and elder care or elder law, as mm. well as probate and special needs. And the way I like to say to people, um, describe our work, I guess, is that we believe that the best life is lived intentionally and by design. And that means that with a little planning ahead, the end ending chapter of your life is going to come out the way that you wanted it to. Now, you had a lot of options when you decided to become an attorney. Um, one question I always like to ask is, you know, what led you into this particular field as opposed to criminal or family law or business or any of the other different aspects of law you could have specialized in? Well, first of all, uh, John, I didn't grow up wanting to be a lawyer. I actually decided to go to law school after getting a speeding ticket in college. Oh, wow. And I had to hire a local attorney to help me with that. And my dad, when I was in seventh grade, had said, now, Michelle, keep your keep your expectations reasonable. Mm-hmm. Law school, we feel like it's a little out of your league. Uh, but after hiring this attorney in college, he said, you should try it. And I, I had a business administration undergraduate degree and was looking for a master's degree that would not limit my options. And so I decided to try for law school to get in and to get through it just to show my dad I could. Yep. Um, and then estate planning was one of the classes I took in law school. And my professor at the time said, don't try to have a law firm that just does estate planning. You're not going to make it. Um, and so it was several years after beginning uh, to practice that I ended up having a bad partnership experience and coming home. And my dad looked at me and said, well, Michelle, now's a great time to try having your own practice, your own law firm. And so that's kind of how we got started doing estate planning uh, was wow. in 2008. Wow. So were you looking to defend yourself when you got that speeding ticket? <laughs> I knew better than that, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only a fool represents himself. So no, uh, I was definitely looking at getting a little bit of help. And um, after having got into law school, one of the things that we got to experience was uh, not only doing a practice civil case, but also representing real clients. Right. So I actually tried two jury trials 
oh, uh, wow. in Gainesville for the DA's office before I graduated. And that's when I learned I was most happy working with the client directly. I didn't want to be in a big corporate office mm. just dealing with paperwork. It, it really, to me, the payment I get from my work is not just dollars. It's really that personal relationship that I get to create and the outcome that we get to help manufacture for people. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I mean, Michelle, we were talking about this before we came on the air. I mean, you deal, frankly, in death and dying and all the issues around that. Uh, the, the later, even if it's not dying, it's about the later part of someone's life that they really don't want to look ahead toward and think about. Um, but it's all necessary. So how do you get folks to think about those necessary um, plans that they need to make? So, John, I think the first hurdle for most people is trying to find somebody that's easy to talk to because mm. these initial conversations are really, really personal. You know, you're you're learning about the kids that grew up and aren't working the way that parents would have wanted them to work, right? Maybe right. they aren't keeping a job or they haven't had a close personal relationship with them. Um, maybe it's a business that they don't know what they want to do with uh, when they pass away. And, and if they don't do something, you know, their spouse is going to end up being the business owner unintentionally. So it's, it's starting that conversation that I think is the first step. And one of the ways that we do that is by doing uh, public webinars uh, and seminars in local libraries and churches um, and for businesses to uh, allow people to get to know us for free. Mm. No, that makes sense. And it, I guess it makes it a little less threatening to folks. It does. When yeah. you find somebody that you want to work with, mm -hmm. um, I think that really is the biggest hurdle to taking that next step of signing up and just getting done what needs to be done. Um, and I, I would say, you know, shout out to Renaissance Bank, kind of the same thing. They are very customer oriented. And mm -hmm. so uh, I like to use other businesses that are also customer oriented and customer friendly. When we do estate planning, whether it's for a business or for a person, we're not doing it because of how much money somebody has. We're doing it because of the people in their life that they love or that they don't love. Um, but in any case, to protect the people in their life or the projects that they have that they're passionate about. Um, and that's something that I think anybody can get excited about. Um, and it gets you off of the thought of death and dying. We're all going to do that at some point. But it allows you to think about how you want to be remembered which, I mean, if your folks haven't looked this up, there is a poem out there called The Cowboy's Poem About Reincarnation. Okay. Um, and it gives us a really funny way of looking at that. I'll have to go look that up. Well, we may have to put a link to that in the show notes, folks. Um, so, you know, you and I were talking before we came on the air about the uh, maybe the trouble that people have in selecting an attorney. And I think you're getting to something that's really important, which is, the whole idea of how you communicate. I mean, because people look at experience and uh, years of uh, practice or whatever, um, all the uh, certifications maybe and awards, but how you communicate is so valuable and important. It is, John. And I think when a lot of people are thinking about hiring an attorney, the old litmus test used to be number of years of experience. But if they've been doing the same thing for 25 years, that's not really doing the best job for you today mm. if it was the same thing they used 25 years ago. So what we like to encourage people to do is look at attorneys who are innovative, who are looking at the client experience and improving their forms and their methodologies so the clients have a better experience. And that's one thing that we do at Wilson Legal is we change our forms to make our client experience better. Wow. Uh, Michelle Wilson, folks, uh, with Wilson Legal. Uh, so, Michelle, let's talk a little bit about um, – I guess 
how, what are some of the issues that are involved for folks? And I know everyone's different. They're in different stages of life, but what, what do, what are some of the things that um, maybe necessitate the reason I need to be in touch with you? What are the symptoms I need to be looking for in my life that says I need to be in touch with Michelle? Well, the first symptom is turning 18. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that when a boy or girl, son or daughter turns 18 and goes off to college and they maybe make some not so smart choices as far as how they live their life those first couple years of college, if they end up at the hospital and they don't have a healthcare directive or power of attorney with mom and dad sitting in there as agents number one and two, mm. then the hospital doesn't have to tell mom and dad what junior did. Mm-hmm. And junior might tell the hospital not to tell dad cause dad's going to kill him. Right. <laughs> um, so when you first graduate, you really do need those two pieces of an estate plan, even though you don't own anything yet because you own your body. Mm. Right. And you probably have a bank account, even if mom and dad are putting money in it. Right. right? When you buy a house, you need to be thinking about how that's going to get transferred. Mm-hmm. You know, the state of Georgia has a plan for you if you don't have one of your own and right. it may not be the plan that you want. Probably not the plan you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and that happens early on for people. I mean, that, that, well, what you're saying is life happens and assets uh, start getting accumulated. That's really what you're getting at. And the needs change. Right. right. So when you have a child, you're going to be looking at a guardianship for that mm-hmm. child. When you have your first startup business, um, you're going to need to be thinking about how you're going to exit from that business. Right. We're all going to die someday. We can't take our business with us. What do we want to happen? What do we want our legacy to be? Do we want to leave it to our kids or give it to a partner? Or even, you know, what people don't think about is your competition might be a great manager for your business while you're trying to sell it after death instead Mm. of your spouse, right? Right. Um, So thinking a little bit outside the box and coming up with a solution that's right for the family, no matter what stage of life you're in, even if it's, you know, elder care, usually between 65 and 75, people start thinking about how to protect their assets. 55 to 65, you're thinking about, do you have the right formula of retirement benefits and insurance to be able to have the life you want to have at the end of your life? So really from 18 on, um, there is something I can do to help make sure that your life goes as smoothly as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so talk about, I guess the, the conversations that people have with a trust and state attorneys that don't work. I mean, let's, let's, let's maybe people have had that conversation. They've got an uneasy feeling. Why do they have an uneasy feeling? What is it that, that they need to look at? What are the danger signals? I guess maybe is the question I'm asking that people need to think about. So there's a couple dangerous things to be looking for there, right? Um, Number one, if you're going to a box solution, you know, um, a will in a box or legal zoom, you might not be talking with an attorney. And if you, even if you do talk with an attorney, legal zoom and some other companies, they don't guarantee their product. Right. And they're oftentimes written by people, not from the state of Georgia. So they might not even be legal. Um, when you're talking with an attorney and you don't feel comfortable, it's usually because of how that attorney communicates or doesn't communicate. Right. Um, another issue I've seen is people have issues getting their documents back from an attorney. They'll they'll sign up with an attorney to do a plan, and six months later, they still don't have their documents from them. We have a process; we get you done in six weeks or oh, less. Wow! Okay. Um, and we're gonna we're we're gonna calendar it in your first meeting, so you know exactly when you're coming in. Um, and I I like to make sure that whenever somebody signs up, they're only 
they're, they're happy with what they're getting, right? They, they we're, we have reached that comfort level. And if we haven't, I'm not going to let you sign up. I'm going to make you come back and talk to me a different time. Maybe bring your son or daughter with you mm. so that when you do sign up, you understand what you're getting because my goal at the end of the day, John is solutions that actually work, not a stack of documents you stick in a drawer for 20 years, but documents I teach you how to use. So you're actually getting the benefit that you paid for. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so how does the process work? I mean, if I've got a particular issue uh, or even if I just feel like I don't have a will or I don't have any plan, um, what does the process work? I give you a call, set up an appointment, and then what happens? So the first appointment we call a strategy session, and we're going to ask you to bring some homework with you, and that is a paid appointment because we believe in moving things forward rather than taking up your time just collecting information. You're going to give us the information we need to get started, and then we'll talk about the difference between a will and a trust and your strategy personally. If you've got a business, we'll talk about whether you have an operating agreement um, or bylaws, if it's a C-Corp. And if you don't, we'll talk about how we're going to fill in those gaps and what you want to do with that business when you're gone and at least get those steps started, right? Even if you're still thinking about it, there's time during this process to think, once we have that initial and design meeting, which we can split out, then it's two weeks to uh, the review meeting, high level review, where we go over names and who's in what spot and what the documents are for. A week later, we're going to sign. And then after we sign, two weeks after that is the delivery meeting. So we'll go over what the documents are, what you're going to do now, what your next steps are. Um, and then we follow up with you for about six weeks after that. We have office hours every week where all of our clients who are currently working with a plan can tune in on Zoom and ask me any question they want to ask me. Um, and so I think that's definitely been a huge benefit for a lot of clients. There's not a lot of attorneys out there that have office hours. Oh, wow. Now, and, and since they don't have that, people may not know what that means. So what, so you, you just hold an open session on zoom people, anybody can sign in. Well, it's not just anybody. It's the okay. people who finished with their, with their plan. Got they it. all get a link and they can sign in on Zoom between two and three on Wednesday afternoons is when it is right now. Okay. Um, and then we're also going to be opening up once a month, uh, a, basically a town hall option for all of our clients between one and four to ask whatever they'd like to ask. And that's going to be part of our ongoing maintenance program to help encourage people to come back and stay up to date um, and then also make changes to their plans as they need to make changes. Oh, wow. Very cool. So um, for those that need to hear these basics, um, and I'm sure for some of our listeners, this may be old hat, but let's just talk about a will and a trust. And and a will, I assume everyone needs a will. Maybe not everyone needs a trust in all circumstances. So explain what the differences are. Believe it or not, John, not everybody even needs a will. Okay. So if you've got a widow who only has a couple of bank accounts because she's either living with a child or renting somewhere, um, and she's got beneficiaries named on those accounts, then having a will is really optional because the bank accounts are going to go to those pay-on-death beneficiaries at the end mm. of her lifetime, um, and nothing's going to really need to go through the probate court. When you have a will, one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that you still have to go through that probate court process. It's just a little bit shorter if you have a will than if you don't, mm-hmm. and what a lot of folks come to my office to tell me is that they came to my office and their main goal in life is to make it really smooth for their kids when they die. And what we're seeing now with kids is that kids have better jobs than mom and dad had. They're making more money than mom and dad had and taking time off work to go take the oath at the probate court or run something down to file it at the probate court 
is really more inconvenient for the kids than it would have been for the parents right. at their age. And so having a trust actually allows the kids to manage mom and dad's estate without having to interrupt their day-to-day life and taking care of their family, especially now with the sandwich generation where kids oftentimes still have their own school-age kids that they're taking care of when mom and dad are going through um, that end-of-life phase. Yeah. Wow. Um, a lot to think about there. So I think the the uh, maybe the preconceived picture we have in our minds about uh, trust and state attorneys is we go get all this work done. We get these documents and go take them and shove them in a drawer at home. And then we're all set. Right. So uh, explain the fallacy of that thinking. <laughs> okay. I'm happy to do that. Um, and I have a picnic basket example of the difference between wills and trusts. We can put in the show notes too, John, if you'd yeah. like, but the fallacy of that is if you think about it these days, a lot of banks have their own bank forms, right? Mm-hmm. They have their own, uh, Bank of America power of attorney or Wells Fargo power of attorney. They want somebody to sign, even if that person has their own power of attorney they signed at the lawyer's office. Mm. And what we've had some clients run into is they don't do anything with the documents. It goes in a drawer. And when mom loses capacity, now son takes the power of attorney to Wells Fargo to take care of mom's affairs. And Wells Fargo says, oh, but we have this other power of attorney we want you to sign for the bank. Mom doesn't have capacity. She can't sign it anymore. Mm. What do you do then? Right. You've got guardianship through probate court. It's a six to eight month process. It's going to be $4,500 or more. And the power of attorney hasn't helped you any. How do we avoid that? Right. Well, we avoid that by taking the power of attorney to the bank early after you sign it, have the bank scan it in, send it to their legal department and approve it. And if the bank says, oh, by the way, we have this other form too. While you have capacity, go ahead and sign that. And that avoids that down the road right? Mm -hmm. Um, Healthcare directives aren't kept by our local hospital on file unless you're going for a procedure. So if you need it, how do you make sure that you have it when you need it? We tell our clients to send it to their doctor's office. We tell them to keep a copy in the glove box of their car. We tell them to give a copy to their agent so that they have it saved on their smartphones, hopefully. And if they get the call, they can send a quick email or fax to the hospital and they've got it. We also fax the healthcare directive for our clients to a local hospital if they need it. Mm. Right. So it's all about how am I going to use it? How am I going to have it be available to me with a trust, putting your home in the trust and then having a little account that acts as a reserve account, you know, so if you need to replace a roof, you've got the funds allows the children, if they're co-trustees with you at some point to start learning how to manage your finances, your assets. So when you do need help, it's not as big of a transition for them to come in and start handling a little bit more of, sure. of what you have. That makes a lot of sense. Um, let's talk to those folks that are thinking, I'm not rich enough to have all this stuff. Um, you know, the, the, this is for wills, trust, this is for rich people. D- d- address that. So it goes back to why we do planning in the first place. See, Georgia is a there's no estate tax issue here because we're a coupled state with the federal government and we have whatever role the federal government has. And right now that's over $12 million you can give away during life or after death. And there's not going to be any tax, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't do the trust-based planning because we have somebody who's super wealthy. We do it because we want to make life really smooth for the kids that come after us. It's more of a quality of life issue. And it's a gift that mom and dad are giving to their children typically Mm -hmm. of not having to have the bother of going through probate court when they're grieving the loss of a parent. Got it. Got it. So those, um, I guess the, the irritation, the cost, however you measure those costs 
of not having something, even if you don't feel like your state is very big, can be significant. Well, and let me tell you this, you know, yeah. if you do a will with me and let's say the will, uh, will-based plan is between $2,500 and $3,500. And then when you die, my retainer right now for going through probate court is $4,500. And there's a lot of other firms that charge that um, to go through that process. Mm-hmm. By doing a trust, let's say the trust is $4,500 um, or even $5,500. You're just paying for the probate ahead of time. Mm. And you're actually saving the $3,000 you would have spent on a will by doing the, the trust early. Wow. So, so I would argue that you actually save money by doing a trust-based plan than by doing a will. You're mm-hmm. not only saving money, but you're also saving your kids' time. And, and I've told several clients this, you know, your, your son or daughter, I don't want, do you want them to come back to me when you've passed away and say, Michelle, can you help me go through probate? And then we get a few weeks into this whole probate process of getting forms signed by the right people and putting the package together and getting it filed and paying the fees and waiting for the judge. And they're going to come back to me and say, Michelle, what if there, would there have been any way we could have avoided this? Like what could mom and dad have done? So I wouldn't have to be dealing with this process right now. Yeah. And I'd have to say, yeah, there was something they could have done. Mm. And I told them about it and they decided not to, cause they didn't think they were wealthy. Mm-hmm. You know, what we value in life doesn't always have to be dollars. It can be the relationships in our life and how valuable is it to be able to make our kids relationships, their lives easier and better when they lose us as parents. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, um, I read something somewhere once that said, nobody thinks they're wealthy, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how much money they have. Nobody thinks they're wealthy, right? That's always someone else, uh, quote unquote, above them, right? Yeah. And you know, back when the Vanderbilts and the Oglethorpes were around, when we did a trust, we had to do it on a typewriter. Remember? So yeah. computers really haven't been around since, you know, in the internet, you know, 1980s and 1990s. So it's relatively new. We can now do a trust-based plan with a lot less time involved. Mm-hmm. So ordinary people can have the same protection that the Vanderbilts had. And we shouldn't be afraid to ask for that. But even though I can get one, I, I can consult Google and Google, <laughs> the whole firm of Google and Google. <laughs> that even if I get one that quick, that's still I still need some expertise uh, over uh, looking over my shoulder, right? You know what? About every couple of months, John, we do have somebody who calls into the office and they want a free consult. And when we tell them we do paid consults, they say, "Oh, I'll just Google it then." Okay. Um, and and here's the thing about Google. Google is a search engine. It's looking for keywords, right? And mm-hmm. it's it's it doesn't know that there's different rules in different states and it doesn't look for the background or the, the, the place from which a writer is coming from. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're bound to get some advice. That's not that good. Um, Google searching Google is kind of like saying, well, my brother is an attorney in Illinois and he can draft the wills for us. Would that be okay? Yeah. In Illinois, it'd be fine, but you're not a resident of Illinois. You're a resident of Georgia. And if it's invalid, that's going to be wasted time and effort. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it ends up being wasted time and effort, unfortunately. For sure. For sure. Folks, we're here chatting with Michelle Wilson. She is with Wilson Legal. So um, let's talk about what we've already established that we get all our paperwork done, our wills and trust and everything up to date, our healthcare directives. Um, we can't go put that in a drawer. Things change. Talk about, I guess, the pace of change and how often someone should be having their plans reviewed. Okay. So the pace of change, let's talk about that on a couple of different layers. Yeah. Um, 
the laws, the statutes in Georgia that all of our estate planning rules are based on um, are not changed that often. They were changed, overhauled in the 1980s, and mm-hmm. then again in 2010. Um, but we have gotten a new healthcare directive in 2008 and a new power of attorney for the state um, in 2017. So they do change a- occasionally, mm-hmm. right? What changes more frequently, of course, are the tax rules. Right. Right. Um, every, every time we, we get a new president, they want to overhaul the tax code and, and make some huge changes. Um, and then also we have changes in policy yep. when you're talking about the VA benefit, Medicaid benefits. And then the final area of change is the practical area of change where people dealing with local banks and insurance companies have experiences that are maybe good, maybe not as good. And we change how we do our strategies to meet excuse me, meet the newest needs of the client based on their current experience. And that's where looking at an attorney's office who hasn't been doing the same thing for 25 years is an advantage for a client because they're going to know that attorney stays up to date on what's going on and they're changing how things are done so that the client's experience is better. So even though maybe the laws don't change that often, there are are little nuances that do change that folks need just need to check in and be aware of. So about every two to five years mm-hmm. is what we recommend okay. to come in and update your power of attorney, update your healthcare directive, because here's the thing. Uh, your agents are going to move. They're going to change where they live. Right. Um, you might change who the agents need to be in what order because they've moved or because somebody had triplets or because somebody got a new job and now they're just not as available. I've had some families where an agent went into the military, maybe a son went to the military. And so now they're not going to be available to be um, Johnny on the spot for them. So it's good to keep things updated. Just like uh, the way I describe it is a car. When you buy a car, you're not going to expect to drive it for more than 10,000 miles without an oil change and the engine not blow up on you. Um, Just like anything else in life, you need to maintain it. So if you're going to get an oil change in your car, you might want to go ahead and schedule that update for um, your estate planning documents. And here's the, here's the really cool thing. Uh, We've been rolling out some free follow-up meetings with people. Um, So we'll meet with you 30 minutes for free right now. um, If you're a current client, because we believe in rolling out the free stuff to the people who are already part of our community, because we want to encourage them to maintain their plans. Oh, wow. That's a great offer folks. Take advantage of that. If you're a client of Wilson legal, and if you're not, we're going to tell you how you can do that here in a second. But uh, before we get there, uh, Michelle, as we kind of uh, draw to a close, I want to, I don't want to let you get away without sharing a success story. Maybe uh, a client, and you, you obviously don't have to use names, but um, a client who's um, on, on whose behalf you've done work that's been really uh, protective or transformational or however you look at it. Well, really, John, the, the benefit of having a job like this is being paid by the client client comments when they have the loss of a parent and they are able to come in and we're able to say, especially with a trust-based plan, um, all you've got to do are these three steps. Mm. And we're happy to help you with two of those three steps and then we'll send you on your way to do the last one. Um, there was one particular client uh, just in the elder law uh, scenario with the VA benefit, we were able to, with a with an irrevocable trust, uh, which is a special kind of trust we use um, for high net worth folks or uh, you know folks who are needing VA or Medicaid benefits, we were able to put their heirloom farm that had been in the family for probably three generations into a trust and fund it so that they could 
make changes to the farm and rent it out while mom was in assisted living. And between the rent from the farm that was paid to the trust and the VA benefit that we were able to get for her, she was able to stay at that assisted living with her caregiver that she had become so close to this caregiver would sleep in the bed with her. And they were afraid of what would happen, you know, if she went to another location. So I was invited to her funeral Mm -hmm. and um, was able to see stories about her when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually took my daughter to visit her and she brought an old sock rabbit out of the closet and we oh. played with the sock rabbit. <laughs> um, but she was really precious and her daughter definitely came back and said, you know, Michelle, I can't tell you how good it feels that we were able to give mom the life she wanted at the end. And without you, we wouldn't have been able to do that. So mm. for, for parents, it's, it's having that life they wanted for kids, it's having the peace of mind, knowing they put their parent in a, in the best position possible to have the the best, you know, last few years of their lives. And uh, that's priceless. I mean, Google doesn't do that for you, right? No, I don't think they do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, wow, Michelle, what a great story. Um, and what great work you do. Um, let's, um, let's get to the most important question though, which is for folks that have heard something that says, Hey, I need, I know I need to be in touch with Michelle. Let's tell them how they can do that. So you can go to our website. It's wilson-legal.com dash or hyphen, not an underscore. Um, If you'd like to find out where we're doing our webinars in the community, it's wilson-legal.com forward slash events. And the phone number for the firm is 770-205-7861. I've got two folks ready and waiting to help you out as far as basic questions go. And I'm looking forward to meeting you. Awesome. Michelle Wilson with Wilson Legal. Michelle, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for coming in. You're welcome, John. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, folks, just a uh, quick reminder. If you are looking for a great way to do, and a different way to do team building uh, for the folks at your office or in your corporate team or what have you, um, ANS Culinary Concepts is an idea to think about. Yes, you can stand around a stainless steel table, seasoning meat, cutting up vegetables, and have a lot of fun. You're led by executive chef Andrew Traub and his team. And I've been over there and done this, and it's a lot of fun. They've also got Big Green Egg Boot Camps. They do, of course, corporate catering and that kind of work. And they've got uh, Let Us Cook For You meals uh, for the family. If you uh, uh, if they're griping about you going through the drive through at night, uh, uh, check the, let us, the uh, prepared meals that they have over at ANS Culinary as well. A lot to offer. Too much for me to tell you on this show, but go to go to asculinaryconcepts.com or call Andrew at 678-336-9196 and uh, let him know I sent you. I think uh, you once you learn more about what they have to offer, I think you'll um, you'll be glad you made that call. And folks, just a quick reminder, uh, North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. North Fulton Business Radio is the search term to use to find the show. Um, What I ask, if you're not already a subscriber, please subscribe and share the show. Uh, It's not about me or Business Radio X. It's about our great guest uh, that we've had some 650 or so on this show over the last uh, almost six years. And uh, Michelle being just the latest and uh, uh, Michelle and uh, All those guests do great work, and we want them to be found, and your sharing the show helps make that happen, and that's what we're about here at Business Radio X. So for my guest, Michelle Wilson, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.